I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can go away and we'll do it live. Fucking thing That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Welcome back to the Out of Here podcast exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Well, I have a special guest, my man, Frank Clues from 97.3 ESPN. Frank, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Nick? Doing well, man. Doing well. Happy Phillies fan. I mean, after the first two series, this is uh, it's looking better. Yeah, you know what? They couldn't be that bad all along. No. You know, it was... It's not what you want to do going 0-4 to start a season, but you know what? Eh, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, let's get some housekeeping done before we get on with the topics. Right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network after this, around 5.30, uh, Circle of Debate will be up. And then after that, it is Roto Slappers at 9.30 EST. Frank, let's get to it. Let's talk about the first topic, and that is opening day. Stop. Oh, baby. ball out toward deep left center field. The Phillies are going to have the lead. Man, that looks great. JT is moving and grooving. So is uh, Wheeler. Frank, let me get your thoughts, the takeaways of opening day. For me, it was a mental thing because I think for the players, you know, you saw Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins remove the banner, the unfurl, the, the, the 2022 National League yeah. Championship banner. And for the players, it's probably been really tough. You know, they, they knew they'd be without Bryce and they knew he's coming back. So I think there's some comfort for that. But when you lose Reese Hoskins right at the last minute, it's just this mental jolt. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, oh, no, what do we do now? Yeah. And I think seeing what you're getting out of Trey Turner, uh, Kyle Schwarber, JT Real Muto, Castellanos had a couple hits, a couple doubles. Right. You know, I, I think I think, uh, you know, Bohm's been amazing. Stott's been hit. You know, I, I think the tone they set kind of yesterday kind of gives the team the kind of the sentiment like, you know what? We're going to be all right. Yeah. And, and I think that was a big emotional hurdle. I know, I know this is a, <laughs> this is a game where we don't often hear about the psychological side, but losing somebody like Reese Hoskins, who is really at the heart of that team in terms of the camaraderie yeah. of the team and the, the soul of the team. Yep. Yeah. The locker room guy, that was kind of a jolt and it was very last minute. So I think that had something to do with the 0-4 start going into the first couple, going through the first couple series, but being at home, realizing there they there are the fans, they're there behind you, and that oh yeah, you know what, we do have enough offense here. I think that I think that mattered a lot. Yeah, and you brought up Reese too, and it's hard to fill those shoes, and it, it just it, we need somebody. We need somebody like Nick Nick Castellanos who's stepping up. He looked great yesterday. What are your thoughts on that? Can he, I don't want to say fill the shoes. Cause that's just not what you, that's not, that's not what I think when it comes to Nick. I mean, Reese, like you said, 
part of the team, locker room leader. He was there with Bryce, you know, pulling up the flag. It's a big deal. I mean, they even put his jersey, you know, in an empty locker room. Like he's dead, but he's not. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, this is a little weird. But Nick yeah. stepping up, is that somebody that will help us until Bryce gets back? Or is it just uh, he needs to do that because, hey, we're paying him the money? Yeah, well, you know, he's yeah, I mean, part of it is he's he's got to. I mean, they're paying him to be something, you know, uh, but right now batting fourth or maybe fifth in the lineup, depending on the day, he's going to need to be that right handed bat. Now, now, Hoskins, of course, in terms of what it gives you numbers wise. I think they can make that up okay, you know, through a combination of factors. I think I'm not worried so much about that, but a, a chunk of that needs to be Castellanos being what he's what he's paid for. Uh, and, and honestly, if you look at Castellanos's last season, you know, you, people tended to think of the lows. Now, three of the six months were actually pretty good months if you look at the numbers. Yeah, and then he had three that were pretty tough, um, and so I, I think he's better than what we saw last year. I think he's more of what we saw at the home opener and, and actually the first few games in Texas, he was pretty good too. He just had a little bit of an offer um, against the Yankees, but uh, I think he's, I think, I think his production will be better than last year overall. Yeah. And I, and I think he is again, getting into the, the emotional side of the game again. I think he's the guy that needs to feel comfortable. And uh, you know, I think having the, the fans behind him championship out of the way, I think he's going to find his place. You know, it's, uh, you see that a lot of times with with players signing big money free agent contracts. You know they they feel the pressure of the first season out of the gate to, to earn all the money all at once. Yeah, like they have to show that they belong. And and you know he's a guy that that did. Let's let's be honest. His success came in places like Detroit and uh, Detroit's a pretty big city, pretty big market. But Detroit yeah. and and Cincinnati, you know, where he had his real real rebirth. Not that big a market, not a lot of pressure. So it's definitely a different dynamic for Cassianos. He had to get used to, but I think he realizes. And if you saw yesterday, fans are behind him. So yes, uh, just, just just get comfortable and do your thing, and 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 he'll be fine. And also too, the fact that there's, you know, that I think it helps that yesterday for opening day, you had the other parts of the lineup all show some offense too. So when you have that. You know, he he realizes he doesn't have to be everything to everyone. And so I think that also helps him settle down as well, because even yeah. he, as, as, as you kind of said, well, can he can he kind of carry the ball? Well, he probably yeah. thought that himself. Oh, shoot, yeah. I got to go. I got to yep. be more because Hoskins yeah. is out and I'm the right handed guy. But, you know, I really liked what I saw. He he picked up a first baseman's mid and was taking some ground balls there just in case. And of course, now that they're down uh, two first baseman, sure. who knows if that just in case will, will end up becoming something. But but you know, I, I think he's I think he's thinking team mindedly, and uh, you know, I want to see I want to see. Obviously, we we can't live and die with no game, right? So we had a good first series, tougher second series. Started off pretty well on this one, but I don't I, I don't want to live and die with that. But let's give him some time and then see kind of where the the body of work is going. Yeah, you brought up a really interesting point with Nick. We are behind him. And I think after that little scuttlebutt, whatever you want to call it, in the locker room with that reporter, you know, it is time to, you know, step up. And I think he, as right, as of right now, he's stepping up. Now, transition to Boom. I feel like that that is the question now. I mean, it, what do you do with him? If he's not stepping up, do you send him the first, bring in Sosa the third? I mean, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say issues, but concerns with, if he's ready to step up, what do you think about that? 
Oh, he's he's ready. He's yeah. he already started the stepping up last year. Now, I I think the question about first base, if you're down two first basemen, yeah, you might and seeing that, I mean, my gosh, Edmundo Sosa, like the way that the ball he hit yesterday, like he had a lot of power in spring training yeah. that was surprising too. I want to see more Edmundo Sosa. So, if now's your opportunity, put Sosa at third, Bowman first for a while. Just say, you know what, Alec, you made a lot of strides at third base. Yeah, he had a blunder the other day. But yeah. he made a lot of strides at third base. But hey, our team needs you, and I don't see why he would say no. Uh, so, yeah. I, I would I would love to see them just just even against lefties, righties. I don't care about that so much. So said third, boom at first. I think we're going to see that a lot coming up, yeah. and so uh, I, I really want to see what what Sosa can do. I mean, they got him as a guy known for his defense to be defense, and he had a heck of a spring. And you know, he's only eleven at bats in so far, but man, he's yeah. he's looked really really good. And carrying over from what you saw in the spring, I want some more Edmundo Sosa right now. But boom, I think he's fine. He's been making contact. And when you make contact, the power will come around. You know, he added a little muscle this year. Yeah. So he's getting around a little, a little confidence. I think, I think that's going to go a long way. I, I, I think, uh, I think boom is, we're going to see him kind of slide up further in that lineup. I would love to see him third ahead of real Muto because I think having the bat behind him rather than, um, as we've seen in a couple lineups, kind of the, the weaker hitter behind him, uh, like today he's batting fifth, which is good. Yeah. He's moving up, but Josh Harrison's the one behind him. I would actually like to see him above Real Muto, but uh, just just for now, until we get uh, the the likes of Bryce Harper back in the lineup, which changes the dynamic. But but hey, I, I you know what I after his first year, I said, man, this guy is not going to have a a sophomore slump because he's. He's yeah. too good at making contact. Well, he kind of did have a sophomore slump, but I think that was <laughs> that was more mental than physical. But once he got once he got locked back in, I thought I thought he he was sweet last year. His swing, I I love his swing, and I think yes. he's just going to make contact. Power is going to come. I think a lot of Alec Bohm. Yeah. Now, Frank, I got a question for you because you brought up uh, Bohm. Um, you know, maybe he's willing to go to first base. I know you're pretty close to the team. Do can the player say no? Like I do not. I know Schwarber joked around that I don't want to go to first, but can do they? You have don't want him of... to go to first. <laughs> the, yeah. The times he way. tried, it didn't go well. Yeah. Um, do they have that kind of sway where they can say no, or is it like a Bryce Harper, a JT? No, but with Foam, maybe you know if not... it if we need it, you know. You know, uh, speaking of Castellanos, back when he was with Detroit, his last second to last season, it was a year where uh, where where Cabrera was injured, and uh, I forget who else. Uh, maybe Victor yeah. Martinez was was DH only, and maybe, I think that was his final year. And they kind of said to him, who, Castellanos, who had played the infield and third base, "Hey, can you place place him first? And he told them, "No." He said, "Not unless no. you sign me to an extension." Well, uh, you know, he's. He's different now, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but you know I, I don't get the I, I don't get the sense that there's anybody thinking that way in this Phillies Phillies locker room. I think besides the fact that they've added a lot of talent from the outside, I think they focused on adding high character guys that are team oriented. So yeah, I don't see somebody like Alec Bohm saying no. no. I you know I, I I'm, I'm sure if they told him, hey, listen, we barely need you in left field, he would do it too. Uh, but, but uh, they, they don't. So, you know, I, I think I think this I think the the mindset on this team is of teamhood. I mean, think, look at look at Bryson Stott, right? They drafted him as a shortstop. 
I know at the time, even I've I said it a million times, even before he ever came up, that he probably projects as a second baseman long term. But that's a big change, right? You had to ask him to 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 go to second, and yeah, you know, the opportunity presented himself. Even though I thought he held his own at shortstop, uh, you know, but the big the big fish to get this year was was Trey Turner, and the Phillies got him. So I mean, I think I think I think the mindset of 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 uh, Bryson Stott is the same as you'd see with Bohm is like, oh. We can add Turner there. Oh, of course. And I think I think now you can see Boehm say, "Oh man, Edwinder Sosa's hitting the cover off the ball. Of course, I can go to yeah. first. You know. Yeah. So I I, th- I think I think they're the right character guys to, to yeah. do what they need to do to to battle through these injuries and get them to where they need to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing too. It's just the injuries. Everything else is. I mean, the bullpen looks great. Alvarado last yesterday. Holy crap, man. He looked so freaking good. Wheeler looked good through, you know, five and a half, but he had his issues at time, but he is, in my opinion, the ace. And that's what you need to do at home. A four o'clock game was uh, really good to see. Now let, let's get back to um, JT. So JT is, uh, you know, the everyday catcher. And the, the issue is for me, where do you put him in the lineup? I mean, without Bryce there, without Hoskins there, it just looks a little naked. I don't know. Do you do the Pat Burrell thing? Do you do the Chase Utley thing? I don't know where you place him in the lineup so he can perform like he did yesterday. I'd put him third or fourth. Okay. I, I would put him fourth if he had Boehm ahead of him. And I think, I think Boehm might fight his way into that. But yeah. But you know what? I, I, here's what I would do, though. I would prioritize when the Phillies uh, are facing a righty, maybe to be those days that you get him off from behind the plate and have him be DH, especially now before Bryce Harper comes back. I really want to see them limit the mileage that JT has on his knees, on his back, being the catcher, you know, a couple of years that the Phillies first few years, they had him. He was a little banged up by the end. And, you know, this team's built for October. They played through into November last year. So, I want to see him get some more rest early on, and especially when they have that DH spot available. And I would yeah. use those days to have him be the DH, and then Garrett Stubbs catch catch some for you. So, yeah, uh, I, I I think uh, you want to get him in that lineup as much as possible. What I don't want to see now they got away with it last year, but the previous years it was like, oh shoot, well we we're, we need to win so badly to get the playoffs, so we're just going to keep keep riding him, riding him, riding him, riding him, and it ended up not working so hot, uh, yeah. you know, at times cause he got a little banged up. So I, I think, uh, I would, I would play him every day as I, as I could, but make him be the DH once or maybe twice a week now while you have the DH spot available, because, you know, you mentioned Wheeler a minute ago and, you know, kind of falling apart in the fifth, all these players had a different off season routine than they were used to. It's a whole extra month that they played. Yeah. And you need, you absolutely need to shut it down after that. You know, you can't, you can't just, you can't just do that to your body. You need to, you need to give yourself the month off, six weeks off. Well, if you, if you play till, till the first week in November, go, go a month, six weeks from there. And then all of a sudden it's like January and then you're reporting six weeks after that. So, um, so the pitchers I think are definitely a little bit off and I think, you know, the the catcher who of course is the best catcher in baseball as everybody loves to say, uh, you need to give him some rest too, in my, in my estimation. So we already had the one day off because he was going to catch the day game the next day. I would, I would uh, give him some DH opportunities as much as possible. And he's, he's my third or fourth hitter right now. They, They need his bat. They need him in the lineup, but they also need to not kill his knees. 
Yeah. Frank, what I love about you is you do a weekly article on 97.3 ESPN. You ask the, uh, the universe, the, the baseball fans to give you some questions and you answer the questions. You picked one of my questions. And uh, one of the questions that we have here, is it too early to start worrying about starting pitching? I loved your answer, but for the, the thousands <laughs> and the millions of people that are watching, Let's hear it. What did you say about this question? I was worried in the offseason, to be honest. I, I think the Phillies were caught in a situation where the the depth that they had were the likes of Christopher Sanchez, Andrew Painter, maybe yep. Nick Nelson, if you were going to. I didn't think that it was really a solution. But, you know, the, the, the price of adding starting pitching from outside an organization is so extreme. I mean, Taiwan Walker got a lot of money for his four years. Yeah. And he was there to replace Kyle Gibson. But then you still had one spot in your rotation that you kind of the F what was of it previously, the Eflin spot. How are you going to fill that? Right. So they decided, okay, well, a lot of people really did. They sincerely believed that Andrew Painter could, could grab a spot in the rotation at 19. A lot of people did think that. Uh, and so they went into the spring with him. And then the idea that Bailey Falter could help as well. But then of course he goes down, falters in the rotation. Then all of a sudden, no shoot. Ranger Suarez is out for a little bit. Yeah. They really didn't they really didn't have any depth beyond that. I mean, and even if Christopher Sanchez was healthy, you know, Nick Nelson was healthy. I'm not that enthusiastic of either of them jumping into the rotation. So, I would have liked to have seen them add an add a veteran or two. See, the problem is the ones that used to get minor league deals and people would just take a gamble on, they're getting guaranteed major league deals because the pitching is just so scarce. Yeah. So, the, 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 I like I like their their thought process. They're giving Matt Strom a shot. I, yes. you know, I, I really want to see where this goes. Uh, he, Me too. I kind of predicted he would stick in the rotation after Ranger Suarez comes back because I, I I really like this. I really like this kid. That kid. I don't know how old he is. He's probably like <laughs> twelve years younger than me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I really like what I see so far. I like his attitude. You know, uh, I, I I like his mindset that he's. He's there to do whatever they need to do. And you know, reflected before about the times he got to start, he, it was kind of like he, he didn't know what was going to happen. But I want to see him kind of kind of stretch out and, and see what he can do. That, that could be a real bonus. I mean, they 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 signed him for reliever money for that arm and they may yeah. end up with with a, a bargain starter, you know. So but uh, I, I, I think that it would have been really nice if the Phillies had uh, some other other depth options. So uh so I, th I think that remains a worry because what, like, let's say, I don't know, let, let's let's pretend uh, Zach Wheeler is Adam Eaton. Remember Adam Eaton? Yeah. Who once went How on the injured list. <laughs> yeah, he went on the injured list once because he was opening a pack of CDs with a knife and stabbed himself. So any freak little thing could happen. You know, that's yeah. not a major injury. Then all of a sudden, shoot, who's going to who's going to grab the ball and start? Yeah. You know, I mean, th th this team can't afford bullpen games, right? When, when the other starters are still not all that stretched out because for the reasons I just said, so, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. At least Taiwan Walker had a longer off season yes. than everybody else because he paid, played for the Mets. But, uh, uh, there you go. Shazing. Well, yeah, well, Hey, <laughs> yep. he's the only one, right. Who didn't pitch yeah. into November. So, so I'm looking for, uh, you know, I do think they they're, 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 they're living on the edge right now. Um, Suarez, before he comes back, he's probably going to have to do a rehab assignment. He's uh, talking about being stretched out. He's probably going to start at Clearwater. 
Yeah. And I'll send them up to AAA and I'll make a few starts there, try to get to three, four, five, six innings before they can uh, bring them up. Now, hopefully that means Suarez will be good for the long, long term and, and into the postseason. But but I, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about the starting pitching depth. And, yeah, they probably can address that at, at the trade deadline. But right now, nobody's nobody's selling. You know, people I see this all the time. There's another article today on a, on a on a local news website about who could the Phillies get for first base. Well, the answer is nobody. Nobody's trading, right? I mean, aside from a couple of years ago, they got Jay Bruce, who, yeah. who the team didn't really, the, who I think was the Mariners, really didn't have a use for. He was kind of an extra yeah. on the roster. Uh, that was a nice pickup when they got Brad Miller out of the AAA oh, yes. uh, a few years ago. That was that was a lucky pickup. But but most most people aren't trading right now. Why? Because they just started and they're trying to win. So, yeah. I mean, you look at the teams that are supposed to be the the quote unquote bad teams like the Reds or the um, Rockies. I know Rockies, people keep saying yep. CJ Crone and, you know, Will Myers is someone who, who was facing the Phillies yeah. yesterday who could play for us. I'm not that excited about either of them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but like, think of the pitchers that might be available now, like pitchers, who's going to yeah. be available that that's going to excite you right now. Nobody. Yeah. And nobody's, nobody's selling yet. So maybe if you get to July and, and the Cincinnati Reds are, 80 games out of first place then maybe, but, 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 you know, teams are, teams are just getting going teams have high hopes. So they're, they're Uh, not, they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not selling yet. So, uh, so, so I remain worried that they're living on the edge when they get Suarez back and he's healthy. I'd feel a lot better about their, their starting pitching, but there's a, there's, there, there is some concern still. Was Suarez, uh, was he the one that cracked the Red Bull on his forearm? Was that him? I don't remember that, to be yeah. honest. I don't remember either, but I thought it was just so crazy. Um, Nola, rumors are that, you know, contract discussions have just dropped. I mean, is this 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 ace that we had for, what, five, six seasons? I mean, he started the opening day six times. I mean, is it really just he's gone. He's done after this. I mean, again, to the idea of him being the ace. Okay. We understand that he's not technically the ace in my opinion. I get it, but we're showing it, showing him the respect. Do you let someone like this go? I mean, Cole Hamels similar at the end of his, you know, his career with the Phillies. It's like, okay, we respect him. He got us a ring. He got the MVP, but it's time to, you know, say goodbye. Is that something we're going to do with Nola. I mean, it's just for me, I, I just can't comprehend. I'll shut up. Let's hear it, Frank. Well, here's the thing. Carlos Rodon, he, he was the name everybody mentions in terms of a comparable pitcher and a deal. He just got six years. Uh, I try to remember the dollar amount, $162 million from the Yankees. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure that that's it, right? If the Phillies gave him that exact deal, I think that that's, that's perfect, right? But I'm not part of these negotiations. What if his agent says, well, no, 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 no. You need to give him eight years. And then you start counting and then you realize, well, if I'm going to be paying this guy $30 million at age 38, how many pitchers in baseball make it to 38? Yeah. I mean, of course, the Mets are are trying to have the oldest rotation ever assembled. uh, But they've already having cracks in in that rotation, right? They're down two. Jose Quintana. And Justin Verlander already. So yeah. I think that's risky. And it so 
for if you know i don't know what i don't know what the negotiations are i mean i, I if the carlos rodon deal should be what gets it done because that's the best comp available yeah if if he, if he's not willing to do that deal yeah well what do you do you know what i mean let me put it this way too if that happens if that but here's 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 the consolation right that well all right but take a step further step back so the only thing that that it would take to keep nola is money right you don't have yeah. to trade anything for the player. You don't have to give up any draft picks, right? It only costs money. So uh, that that's kind of been what the Phillies have been trying to do lately. And that's to, really to not minim- an issue, right? Yeah, minimize the stuff. So money is not probably the problem. So if you can get it done, you should get it done. But oh, really? Let me ask you this. Yeah. If 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 they can't come up with a deal with Nola, if 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 he does want to be paid till he's thirty nine or something. Would you be that upset if they spent that money somewhere else? Maybe. I mean, I know everybody's going to be trying to get him, but Shohei Otani. So if somehow like they 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 able to pay him fifty million dollars a year, yeah. Or 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 they come up with. I think my uh, my buddy and colleague Jeff Mosher, yes. uh, came up with a great idea. You know, why don't you why don't you make a deal that that pays him an obscene amount of money if he's as long as he's doing both roles, where where there's incentives based upon numbers of starts and numbers of at bats, you know? So maybe you find a way to get Otani. I don't know. I mean, that's the, yeah. that there's going to be a lot of competition for Otani. Yeah. But yeah, the Phillies it's... would probably try if they don't have Nola. Right. I mean, I, you know, th- they're going to have to do something and, and they seem like the type that are going to be aggressive. So, so I'm not that worried from that respect. They'll find somebody else, but the ideal thing would be to just pay him money and you don't have to worry about anything else. No draft picks know yeah. anything else uh but but yeah you know what it, see i would i would absolutely try to do it the rodon deal should be the marker if he wants a few more <laughs> few more million dollars fine crazy have you looked at that contract like every year what he gets oh it's yeah it's insane it's like 30 40 30 it's just i don't know man i, I guess that's you know that's the yankees for you yeah so i i, I don't know if 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 that deal isn't a good enough comp again i don't know anything about this you know he's got an agent that's not one of the big time agents that everybody knows that's a key so i I, i'm not in the negotiations so i I would got i had have to imagine that the phillies aren't trying to be cheap no but the demands could just be so so much that that they don't that they don't want to they don't want to deal with that right so 27 million a year was the average annual value for rodan for the the for that six year deal. So, so I don't know, maybe he feels he's worth 30. Maybe he feels he needs seven or eight years. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. 30 shouldn't be a problem. So if he wanted six and one eighty, that I could live with, but you know what, for me, just getting beyond that, even, even when you sign that, you expect him to finally get injured. I mean, you know, he's been very durable, very durable uh, as pitchers go. You know, the fact he's not that high high leverage arm. He doesn't throw in the way like you expect an injury, right? Yeah. You know, some of those flamethrowers, you just expect them to have Tommy John at some point. But but you know, he's a lot smoother, so you, you hope that he'll be all right, but you know, he's not invincible. No. Yeah, and that's the issue too. I mean, I don't want to say we were, you know, we ignored that because I don't think we did. I just thought we I think they thought we had such a great lineup. The bullpen, finally, finally, we can say like, okay, we got a decent bullpen now. We don't know exactly what we have because it's only been a handful of games. But the idea is, okay, bullpen's good. 
uh, lineup when Bryce gets back. I mean, this is something special. I don't know if we've ever seen something like this before. So we can deal with the Walkers and the Nolas and, you know, Wheelers. I, I don't know. That is a really good question, Frank. What do you do at the end of the season? I mean, somebody, some team is going to sign Nola. And it's kind of like first base too. Like it's, it's hard to find someone solid for first base. I mean, that's why maybe next year we might sign Reese Hoskins. You know, we might re-sign him because he's just, I don't know, in my opinion, defense, okay. But 30 home runs, that's a lot for us. And I think that's what we're missing. But enough about that. Let's get to today's game and let's talk about Reds versus Phillies, 405. I don't want to say predictions, but what are you looking forward to this matchup, I mean, beautiful day. Let's get it going, Frank. What do you got here? Well, the Reds are throwing a lefty. I expect the right-handed bats in this lineup to feast all over him. So this lineup does feature, yeah, as we were just talking about, uh, Alec Bohm at first base, Edmundo Sosa at third base. I'm, I'm eager to see that. Uh, Josh Harrison's your left fielder. I'd like to see Jay Hay get some at-bats. You know, he's always yes. been a player I really liked. I wish the Phillies had kept him last time in 2020. He had a really couple of nice seasons with the Nationals and then the White Sox. So, uh, but this this lineup is stacked against the righties. Uh, with righties, uh, the only lefties in the lineup today are Schwarber and uh, Stott. So, uh, the, the, yeah. I think that I think they're I think look look for some right-handed uh, feasting on Lodolo uh, from the Reds, and and I want to see I want to see more Edmundo Sosa. No, yes. I, 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 I want to see him battle Give out more. It to me. And, and Christian Pache, he's got he's got to do something at some point, right? So, yeah, uh, he's think. a defensive whiz, but uh, they're giving him the start and center. I mean, Brandon Marsh can out hit him against lefties, but if they're going to give this guy a couple opportunities to see what they have, he's got to be against a lefty. So, I mean, it was a it was a low low risk acquisition, but they can always go grab Scott Kingery if. if if he fails, but I thought they would, thought they would try this first, but uh, I don't blame him. But, uh, but yeah, so, so that's what, that's what I'm looking for today. And uh, can Bailey falter, give them a decent start again. It was a decent enough start last time. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what he, what he can do as as he uh, really is pitching. He and he and Strom are pitching to see who's still there when uh, Suarez comes back. Right. Yeah. all, All goes according to plan. So, yep. But he stepped up last year when Wheeler was out. So Falter was a nice surprise towards the end yeah. of last year. Uh, look to see him make some progress there. But you know the Reds lineup that they're putting out there just doesn't scare you. So, so I think this would be an op- a good good game for uh, for Falter to to shut down the Reds and and see what uh, I want to see Sosa bat. I want I need I need more Sosa. Yeah, give me some more Sosa. Frank, you are the man. Thank you so much. This is the fastest 30 minutes in your life. Frank, give <laughs> the people what they want. How can they find you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Frank Close. That's close with a K. And also, please follow my podcast at Powder Blue Pod. It's our Phillies podcast with Great. the uh, with Powder Blue theme. Just everybody knows what that means in Phillies land, right? So that's, yeah, uh, that's what we went with. And at 97.3 ESPN. On Twitter, 973ESPN.com. You can stream at any time. And also, if you're down the shore for the summer, tune in at 97.3 FM. Yes, sir. Frank, it's been an honor and privilege. Thank you so much. Housekeeping. 
today at 5.30. You can find uh, Circle of Debate right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And then 9.30, Roto Slappers. Get on with it with Streets and uh, Tim King talking football. Again, Frank, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, Have a great day. Peace. Peace, Nick.